Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly livestock market update. Happy New Year. I'm Brownfield's Megan Grebner. With me is, as, al as always, University of Missouri livestock economist Scott Brown. Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon, Megan. Um, thanks to you and Brent for pinch hitting while I was uh, on vacation hiking in the Rocky Mountain National Park last week with our twins. So uh, I appreciate it. Hey, it was it was good to get do it with Brent. So uh, it all all went well last week. Well, it's always in good hands. Today we don't have a ton to talk about as we get the new year started. Uh, we'll talk a little jobs. Uh, we'll talk a little weekly livestock slaughter and preview next week's reports. But to kick things off, let's recap what happened this week in the markets. Yeah, Megan, this week on the cattle side, uh, live fed cattle two dollars and fifty cents higher this week. Those feeder cattle markets were really closed again as we started uh, the New Year's off early this week. So not a lot of test on that front. On the future side, the February live cattle futures contract was up $2.20 this week. And the March feeder cattle contract closed up $1.30. We did see corn down, uh, March corn futures down $0.09 cents, uh, this week as well. On the beef side, choice box beef prices down uh, $12.60. That actually moves them uh, for about $4.75 below where they were a year ago at this time. On the hog side, uh, cash barrels and gilts were down about 25 cents this week. The February lean hog features contract closed up $1.55, and we gained on the pork cutout value. It was up $1.15. Hams and bellies uh, were both higher this week. Definitely uh, interesting, I guess, maybe a nice change of pace to start the the new year uh, on a positive note for the most part, especially when we're talking on uh, the cattle side of things. Yeah, that, that's right. We'll see what, what starts to unfold here as we continue through 2024. There's reasons to be optimistic and could be optimistic in both cattle and hogs relative to uh, where we were in 2023. We definitely will have to have plenty to talk about it as the year progresses. Uh, we're going to talk weekly slaughter. Obviously, we're not going to do the year to year comparison because we're just getting started. But as we take a look, um, how was slaughter this week with the holiday shortened week? Yeah, if we start on the cattle side, USDA is telling us for the week ending uh, January 6th, the run of 556,000 head of cattle this week. That is 48,000 uh, head more than what we ran last week due to the shortened holiday week, but 9,000 head less than where we were a year ago. Uh, on the hog side, a run of 2.381 million head this week. That's 160,000 head above what we did last week and 35,000 head above what we did a year ago. All right. The big report out this week, jobs report, another positive note in another uh, week of adding a significant amount of jobs. So let's talk a little bit about that. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about that inflation conversation that we have uh, that, that goes along with it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a double-edged sword yet to uh, still as we talk about it. So Jobs report, uh, we were told by BLS, uh, the economy added 216,000 jobs in December. Uh, that's uh, exceeding the pre-report expectation, which was for 175,000 jobs to be added. So we, we blew past that. Now, I think a, a little bit missing in some of this discussion of positive, uh, we did see uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics come back and lower the job gains for both October and November combinations down about 71,000 jobs 
relative to their original estimates. So you start looking back at 2023 in total, uh, we added 2.7 million jobs. That's a little more than 250,000 a month, um, which is down from what was a 2022 uh, monthly ad of a little less than 400,000 jobs. So perspective is we've, we, we're slowing that job growth. We continue to add jobs. When we talk about this in terms of inflation, and at the end of the year, the Fed had kind of signaled that they may start to pull back um, interest rates some. Does a strong jobs report like this maybe delay that pullback at at, at some, or or how does it just kind of take it in stride? Yeah, so I don't want to get too carried away about what was uh, 35,000 more jobs than what pre-report expectations would have suggested. But maybe things are a little more heated than we would have thought. You know, when you start to look at some of the the, the pay side of this, uh, BLS tells us uh, uh, the average hourly earnings were up four-tenths of a percent. Um, so we aren't seeing big as big of increases in wages as we would have seen earlier. I think both of those things, uh, number of jobs and wage rates play into this idea about inflation going forward. So I'm not not too concerned. I think the stock market moved around a lot today, plus and minus trying to deal with this idea about inflation versus uh, lowering of interest rates. Um, and and it's, it's not, it, it's it's a tough issue. I'll just take more jobs added for better meat demand going forward. How's that? That works for me. I do have a question. So you brought up the 2022 numbers and the average that we saw in 2022. And we always talk about where we're comparing and maybe some of the, the side notes that we should maybe think about. When we look at a, a 2022 where we saw such a big number of job growth, is that some still recovery to the economy and the workforce uh, due to the cutbacks that we saw through COVID in 2020 and 2021? Yeah, ab absolutely, Megan. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, we lost a lot of jobs through COVID. And, and I think when you look here at where we sit at the end of 2023 with the jobs report, we're just getting ourselves back to where we were. This isn't a lot more jobs than we had pre-COVID. It's just getting us back to that level that we had uh, pre-COVID. So it, it is good to think about that perspective relative to a year ago, as well as where were we at pre-COVID in, in terms of jobs. All right. So new year. Um, <laughs> I think it's always nice to have maybe some fresh perspective. Uh, as we look, obviously, a, a nice start um, for where cattle and beef, the beef industry for this year. Talk to me about <laughs> our start this year. In comparison to where we were when we started um, the year in 2023. Yeah, so, you know, so for me, it's interesting. Uh, so we, we called cattle up 250 uh, this week in, in the early information. I'll say that's about $1.75 fed cattle prices that, that gets us that. Just realize we started 2023 with $1.58 uh, fed cattle. Now, 
a lot of volatility around there. Uh, you know, we we could talk about uh, reaching nearly a dollar ninety um, at, at one point uh, during the year, and we've fallen back off since then. Uh, but uh, we are still talking about being uh, $17, a hundred above where we started the year. And, you know, you just want to look, look at hogs as a point of comparison. We started the year at, uh, 79, 72, about $80. And we finished the year at 68. Uh, so a different story when we talk about where hog prices started at the end of the year, uh, relative to where cattle did. What about the input side of things? Yeah. So, so I still think this is the one that uh, we're, we're going to continue to remind ourselves helps to the bottom line for livestock producers as we go further into 2024. Of course, that's all hinging on reasonable crops. But January 6th of 2023, we had $7 corn and a little more than $500 a ton meal, soybean meal prices. And you look at the most latest latest data we have for Omaha corn 476 and uh soybean meal at 435 a ton it, it just reminds me to say feed costs are coming down and they could come down further as we get uh into 2024 again with average weather uh both here and in South America does this come down we talk about risk management a lot does this also come down to knowing your margins, knowing your cost of production, and being able to kind of hedge your bets uh, to to lock in the best possible profit, or if there is profit, um, for your operation moving forward? Yeah, so n number one uh, rule of thumb, we have to know the bottom line, right? Is this, can, can I use futures markets or other risk management uh, pricing tools to have some type of reasonable return? And if so, do I want to lay that risk off? Uh, so knowing what your costs look like and revenue streams going to look like is important. I'll keep saying on the cattle side, LRP looks like a product that can certainly relatively inexpensively reduce risk. Um, I, I, I don't want to always talk about it as adding a lot of revenue, uh, but I think it can reduce risk and it's fair, relatively inexpensive, especially if you're willing, uh, willing to get out of the money. On the feed side of this equation, uh, we were we were talking about much higher feed costs when we started 2023. So maybe that's the, hey, I want to make sure I've got part of my feed costs locked in in case 2024 growing season weather is not conducive to an average crop. Um, and, and And so those are the things that I think are, are really important. Uh, I, I can't emphasize, I don't think enough anymore that we we need to really be focused on the volatility that's going to exist in these markets. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. And uh, using risk management tools gives us a chance to help smooth out uh, that volatility. It probably doesn't add a whole lot to the bottom line at the end of the day, except reduce the volatility. Scott, as we look ahead to next week, the first real big report week of the new year, monthly trade data, retail prices will come out. We'll get an updated look at supply and demand from the USDA. What are you watching for specifically in those reports? 
Yeah, I think on the trade side, um, number one for 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 what's happening on the beef side of the equation, do we uh, can we start to see some growth in exports given that we still have fairly high wholesale beef prices here in the United States? Uh, on the pork side, can we get continued growth in pork exports uh, as we start 2024? From the WASI perspective, um, I I think seeing final uh, 2023 uh, production information uh, is is going to be something the market's interested in, as well as some stock information. Which it's a good point to to bring up here. So USDA is going to give us a lot of final estimates reports early next week as well. You and I don't talk about those, but based on the 2022 census, they're going to have gone back and updated 2018 through 2022 uh, estimates of many different categories. I don't expect large changes from that, but I also don't expect no changes from that. So one wants to be paying attention. Uh, I think the, the field crops final estimates come out uh, next Tuesday if I'm not mistaken. And so how much do they change? Um, some of those categories could be important, but we're gonna have final estimates for things like hogs and pigs, um, cattle as well. So we're gonna get a lot of revisions to that 2018 through 2022 period or potential for a lot of revisions. Pat, great to see you. We look forward to having our conversation next Friday. Sounds good, Megan. To have our weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning, go to brownfieldagnews.com. And for updates of what happens daily on the commodity markets, make sure to check out John Perkins Market Minute. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year. I'm Megan Grebner for Brownfield.